Hey there, Mr. You. Hey, what's up, man? Hanging in there. Ready for the weekend. (laughs) Big, big weekend. Big weekend. Big, big, gigantic. Tremendous. Stupendous. No, it really is a really excellent card of racing on. You know, while we're doing this today, <laughs> I was saying to myself, are we just not good cards that the good ones like a little better than they do? Or, or is this, you know, it seems to be a pretty competitive group. Yeah, well, I guess we got to address the elephant in the room that <clears throat> you were talking to yourself first off. Um, Realm, I mean. But I, I've noticed, and you've told me this. That's that's why I'm concerned. But yeah, you might be right. I mean, you know, it's not often nowadays that we get cards with full fields like this. Like literally, every race on Saturday has a, pretty much a full field, and it's spectacular because there's lots of opportunity there. And you might be right that. We're so used to getting the maybe three or four good races a card to a total day that it seems like it's better than it really is. I well, think I can agree. this one's a good one. So we want to. Yeah. This is not going to be a, a mega long. Mega. Here's that. But um, well, I mean, uh, before noon, we have a, a pre-noon East Coast cook kickoff here at the eleven thirty start. That's early. Um, actually, I'm have to start quicker than I did today. Today, I was like the horse that not well that just dwelt. I I did not come out of the gate very quickly today. <laughs> I just and as there. a result, I. Far behind. Yes, I just literally said there was more like laid there. However, uh, the first race is interesting. Race. It's a, a which is something that you uh, to be New York a uh, daily. <laughs> I had a lot of star handicaps, and they always were good races. And I mean, people obviously race their horses, and they do now and. Back every couple of weeks, but uh, uh, and this is a, it's, a, it's a it's a full field of uh, eligible. It is tapioca, but um, tapioca. I have a race on the tapioca. The mile and an eighth uh, starter handicap was a full field of, of a lot of contenders, which seemed to be a, a good one. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there's a little bit of form now with the Tapita, so and there's a couple of horses in this race that have some form, so um it, it's it's like you said, a pretty tough race. I mean, it, it could go a lot of ways here. And it's funny because I'm I'm kinda inclined to Ambassador Jim a little bit. And the horse kind of burned money 
a little bit, but I mean, it's just knocking on the door and this is like almost like the right opportunity for a horse like this to win. But I mean, it's, it's pretty wide open. I don't even know what, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to try to predict what the, what the final odds will be. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to see, you know, cause there's a couple of horses that could get bet down and a horse that might be kind of favored drew to the outside, which is totally where you don't want to be in town classic. So yeah, this is a doozy. Yeah. That's a, a light fury. That, that's obviously saving ground on the turf uh, is, is essential, but um, the tapita, the, the inside has not been kind for the most part. There are days where it seems okay, so I, I think uh, that horse is, is a consistent time. He literally never misses the board. Um, but uh, um, I mean, like you said, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I mean, I think Yamato, the four, should should catch a lot of attraction just based on the rider alone. Um, I would guess that horse might be the favorite, but you have a horse in the eight in, I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, not the eight. Uh, diligent, the five, sorry. Um that's won twice back-to-back races on the, on the step up, you know, so almost won three in a row, but um, that that horse does looks good. I I, I can't, I I wouldn't blame anybody for taking a shot with that one in this race either. I mean, it's a, this is a really tough race to to kick it off, but it's good because maybe you'll get some balloons early and put some money in people's pockets and then they keep firing away all day. Yeah, early. Uh, to be honest, you could go in here and uh, yeah, it's a spread race for sure. Good. There's, there's so many. Yeah, there's so many ways that anybody could win or lose this race, so it's a spread. Right, right, right. The second race, a little more traditional race, it's made special, going uh, for three-year-olds. And field of eleven, and there's there's quite a few interesting horses here that that you know should look like they're they're going to be better stretching out. Um, on the rail, Todd Pletcher's got a, a curve on best who you know come on back in November, really a really quick pace and kind of faded late. Uh, he put blinker. Here he gets basics. Old riders to Luis Sass, who's been, um, well, he's always hot here, and, and gets the rail with course get a mile on the stream is a good thing in that there's not a, a big run that first turn. So, um, I mean, he I think unless it's seven to two morning line, I'm guessing that. I, would think, I don't know. You know, there's other horses that might take some money. Um, he's got uh, uh, Mocha at that's the two horse for my cousin Stuart Simon, who comes is um, does go back to the dirt to the dirt. He's actually never raced on the dirt, um, and it 
Kitten's Joy. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> have a, a pedigree. Either, but he's had trouble in all three. And um, it's like a horse that, that might sneak in there um, at a big price. Yeah, I mean, the obvious, you know, the, the Pletcher horse, the 10, I believe lost to a stable mate at, um, at Tampa on the 22nd. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, but, you know, of course that horse is going to attract a lot of money. And the one's going to attract a lot of money, which, you know, deservedly $400,000 purchase has some upside off that first race, you know, but it, it's, it's another one just kind of like the first race. This could go a couple of different ways. I mean, not as many ways as the first race, but there's still quite a few. I mean, a horse like uh, the six Montauk point ran pretty damn good up at Saratoga and then kind of regressed a little bit. Maybe something went wrong. Hasn't been out since August. That one has every right to improve right off the bat here for sure. Um, that's probably where I will lean. Um, most likely, you know, barring anything crazy, you know, weather issues and so on, which there doesn't look like to be any rain or anything in the forecast, which is good. Just might be cool. But, um, you know, this is another good race. Even the nine, Happy Boy Rocket, ran a pretty good number first time out, even though he was kind of far back. But, you know, off slowly, three or four wide, missed second comments. You know, there's there's a lot of room. Blinkers uh, on him as well. Yeah, which is a good which angle is... for him. He, he's pretty right. solid with that one. And first time juice, Lasix, not juice. Sorry. Twitter too long. <laughs> uh, interesting horse is the three practical way. Um, that's a Safi Joseph horse that they raced all right first time. A little bit lost coming out of the gate. and yeah. But, um, you know, second time out, at bet, it was pulling with a, a pleasure of a man up uh, winning that race and um, is actually a, it's considered uh, one of Todd's best triple crown horses. But Practical Way just came to a walk. I mean, he came to a halt and got beat, was eased essentially. He yeah. has Lasix, uh, hasn't been out since December 11th uh, workouts. And it'll be interesting. To see. There's not a lot of pain in this race. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see if, if, if he, you know, but. First time out, he showed no speed. Second time out, he got in a speed duel. So it's hard to, to figure out what exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, what he wants to do with him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Beyond Best from the rail we saw his blinkers on. I would not be surprised if. if uh... So. Well, I'm moving on to the third race. Mm -hmm. He's going to try, but I, I think there's there's other speed in here. Um, so we'll see. Big. I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't I see any other speed. The horse you just talked about, I think, might end up pushing. Mm -hmm. Practical way. No, yep. might, but at last time, I just wonder if he's going to be willing to to mix it up early. Really? Not. I don't know. We'll see. Um. um 
Bucks is a Phillies and Mares race. It's on the mile going on sixteenth on the turf. Turf. <laughs> you get here and kind of a real crapshoot in that uh seems like the power in the race is, is, is on the outside for the most part. With a European for which is really his game and the racing form stats only show him with three for America horses. How many starts he made? I mean, last year he made 915 starts. So you figure the last, I think these go like, uh, these stats go like, I don't know, a year, something like that. So, very often, and I really, you know, I don't that one, I guess you kind of got to see if, the, if it, but it seems like the, the, the horses who are going to be, seems like the better horses seem to be drawn outside. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, it's it's funny. The horse, uh, the eleven, seems to to just gotten a little bit of bad luck, you know, um, and hasn't been able to get into the winter circle. And I don't know if that's a pattern or it was just you know truly some you know a little little not rough trips, but not ideal trips, you know. It, sometimes you need a things to go perfectly. Like when that horse was favored at the fairgrounds on Thanksgiving, um, had every right to win and just didn't. But the race before that ran excellent and, and, and overcame a few things in order to, to grab fourth and in a, in a, in I thought a better race. So, you know, I don't know, that one can bounce back. You know, I wouldn't take too short of a price on a horse like that. Uh, the horse inside of her um, final bell, I mean, could be any kind. I, I kind of like that horse a little bit, especially uh, after that nice debut win um, back in March. But it's like, where have, where have you been? I don't think they were pointing to this race <laughs> since March. So, you know, there there's some question marks there. Um, another horse that I think might be able to kind of improve is, uh, the three song of innocence, um, for Jonathan Thomas. Um, he, he ran a pretty decent race first, well, second time on the turf kind of looked like the horse kind of figured things out, which I like to see and he's improving or she's improving. So, you know, there, there's some different ways to go here too. I mean, this, this is going to be a tough pick five, I think. You know, from looking at the races last night, this is going to be a really tough pick five. If you can put it together, I think you might get stacks. It's, uh, it's another race where, I mean, you could logically come up with four, five, six horses and, and still lose. So. <laughs> exactly. Mm. There's three also eligible, so these are going to be fulfilled. Race is a maiden special for three Colts going seven eighths. Um, it's another race that uh, doesn't seem to have a, a clear favorite. Um, Todd Putch, who first time 
and both through through a post ten a midnight at five hundred fifty thousand for. So I'm guessing that's probably and the rest of the midnight was put together. And uh congressman who post twelve a constitution it was a $275,000 yearling. Uh, both have oddly at, at Prescott. Prescott at uh, Punch Downs. And, um, you know, strong with first timer. Neat. Probably better here than, than anywhere else. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very true. And something you always got to keep in mind. Yeah, I forty two percent for me. I, I I thought those horses, you know, at least should be well prepared as usual. Um the second timer surpassing kind of looked interesting too for Safi Joseph. Um his numbers second time out are pretty pretty good. Um, you know, the rest of them that have run don't look all that great, like Bourbon Heist is on the line at six to one doesn't look that great. You know, this is, this is one of those races where the, the, the horses that have run don't look all, you know, like they could really do anything here. I mean, you, bourbon heist ran in the Iroquois back in September and from like way back, he, he broke last was dead last and just passed a bunch of tired horses. Um, so it, you know, playing this race, I, I'm going to look at the Safi Joseph horse and, and, and probably the, the Pletchers. You know, positive review has a shot also, but, you know, it looks like Safi and, and, and uh, Todd should dominate this, this event. Yeah, that, that horse adds blinkers, um, which is a, a positive move for S.A.J. Um all right, move on to the fifth to get to the stakes action. Uh, the grade three La Proviente, a mile and a half on the turf. Here it races, it's always seems to um, a bunch of classy marathon turf types. And this race is um, looking like there's a couple that, that um, well, especially one. <laughs> uh, who who won the race last year and mm-hmm. is uh, 7 to 5 on the morning line to win it this year and uh, being interesting group behind her but she does look like the class of the field yeah I, I totally agree it's going to be tough to beat her you know if you, if you really want to try to beat her i would with maybe the one sorrel um the rest of them kind of look like also rans in this spot I, i'd be very surprised you know anybody else I, even even the six beautiful lover doesn't look all that great to me although you know she has some some races back in 2020 that would be really really competitive here but lately Hasn't been on, in great form, at least winning form. I mean, long time between drinks. She won back in May 2019 and didn't win again until 
June 2021. Been knocking on the door, but just hasn't, you know, put I, it over I, the top. Uh, just a little bit. I mean, I'm not in love with her, but I think that she's going to run better than she did first time she ran over over this turf course this year it was uh sister o'toole the two horse okay draw the line through her last race size sticks uh that was an off the turf race it was on the tapita um and though the horse shows a line running on that woodbine that was woodbine synthetic is different than than golf games so uh She's a horse that had a good trip on the inside. And the one thing about always shopping was last year to this race, she was pretty dominant. Um, form where uh, in the fall, just okay. She she won. She and. Um, you know, I, you know, she is six, and I, I would, she's the most likely winner. Number her style, frankly, but uh, but I. I Make it beautiful lovers, another one. Yeah. Oh, shopping is probably there. But, um, yeah, I, another I, one I, I, I might. Been another one I might take. Would, yeah, you hear? All right, you're back. Okay. We're back. Uh, it sounded like you were being abducted by aliens. Uh, yeah, it sounded like it on my end too, but oh, you sound like uh, you're getting the uh, probes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't get the probes on Saturday. <laughs> um, it's gonna be too cold for probes. <laughs> yeah, I might 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 enjoy the heat probe. Um, all right, so where did we leave off? We left off with I was trying to beat Always Shopping, and I Caliente. <laughs> and I was not. I, I don't. I don't. I, I think that horse is just better, well, despite not being in 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 as good a form as last year. There's not really much in here, but uh, one horse that might, I might give a shot to is a uh, Hungry Kitten. Seems to be rounding in the form, but the horse is, likes to to be a little too far back for my liking. So maybe a, an exacta play or something with that horse underneath. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, maybe using Honor Hop. Um, late late summer, last fall, that that horse got got good and uh, does have a little more tactical speed than than a horse like Hungry Kitten. No, I'm just looking for long shots. Yeah, you gotta look for value here. And All right. Uh, the sixth is a, another division of um, the starter handicap. This one with a uh, $70,000 purse. 
and it is at a mile and 70 yards on the, the Topeka course. Um, interesting spot for Wolfie's Diagos to show up. <laughs> that I've had success wagering on, believe it or not. Uh, comes in off a win at Tampa and a tour other than. I, I guess sometimes when these horses do go through the conditions that, um, you know, you don't have a whole lot of spots to run <coughs> in, right? I mean, you, you run out of spots. You Once you've been through the, the second level condition, you're going to, either have to run in claiming races or you're going to have to run in a, a stakes race. And I think that's where a lot of these horses are kind of, you see some of them are a lot, a lot of them are coming out of stake races. Um, but frosted over the, the four horse is coming off of a series of good races. I mean, I, honestly, the horses uh, <clears throat> last year starting at Woodbine in the summertime when it broke breaking its maiden, it's never really run poorly. It's run well every time. Um, last time got beat a half a length to Sir Winston, who is, uh, uh, you know, probably be the third choice, maybe for probably right, probably be the third or fourth choice in the uh, the Pegasus, a, a distant third or fourth choice, but a third yeah. or fourth choice nonetheless. And uh, he gets, of course, the services of Saez. Um, you know, cutting back from a mile and a half to a mile and seventy. Uh, might be a, a, a factor, but I, I think that horse is going to be a uh, uh, the favorite here. Not the, I mean, again, it's it's another race where there's there's quite a few horses you could think are are, are winnable, and, and it, it almost comes down to like what odds, you know, what what price are you willing to take, right? Absolutely, and you know, not to mention. <laughs> The other Cassie horse in here has a, a pretty good look, in my opinion. Um, the outside horse, Wendy Oro. If you look at the, the PPs and how they've been winning on the, on the Tapita, you see that wide swinging move a lot. Um, if, if Rafael Hernandez is able to get this horse kind of tucked in and, and kind of ride it like a turf race, basically kind of get this horse covered up and then swing wide coming into the stretch. This horse has a really big shot, I think, um, at a price, you know, because the, the horse to uh, his outside Tiesto is, is probably, you know, a lot better than, than his odds suggest or his morning line suggests too. Um, the last two Tapita races or synthetic races were pretty good. Uh, especially that last one at Turfway kind of, kind of dominated, I thought, um, looking at the replay, but the post position is definitely negatives for both of those because the, the horses have been going so slow early that if you're outside in a race like this, it's tough, but you got to be able to get position. I, I think you know, the 10 horse might be able to get a little position here, especially with the nine inside of them. That's probably right. going to go. Right. Um, I, I'm going to guess that Wolfie's Dynagos is not going to be far off the pace. And I believe the, the pace setter is probably going to be the nine Hello Hot Rod, um, whose last race was in the Ohio Derby when he was uh, last seen dueling. For the lead in that race, but he makes his four-year-old debut and 
uh, adds blinkers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nine, I'm guessing that, that that horse is probably going to to show speed. I, I, I'm not saying that I, I, I'd like the horse, but, uh, you know, when you're, you're, you're trying to find, um, you're trying to find some pace in here. I think that's where you're going to go. I honestly, and this is, I don't know, maybe it's being a little petty, but uh, <laughs> making 117 the low weight in this race is really kind of absurd. Well, I mean, look at the one horse, Mr. Mischief Afoot. Okay, look at that horse's general form and and versus um, Sand Dancer or who has 117 or hello hot rod who has 117 or even the horse you you win dioro who, who you like at 117 um all you know a couple of them are showing claiming races where they lost so i just i just wish that you know the spread is is only five pounds and you know true handicaps they actually were handicapped but uh it's just being it's just me being petty basically yeah. me uh, <laughs> a little nitpicky, right? A little nitpicky happens, yeah. but no, you're you're kind of right here. I mean, those those horses should be getting weight, but I think they should be getting more also. Because mm. you I, know, you look at the resume. Look at look at a horse like the three, fancy lick, fancy liquor. I mean, that was a pretty good resume. Yeah, doesn't win. Coming out of graded races, I mean, shows a graded win, uh, albeit um. You know, a, a while back, but um, you know there are jockeys that can do under one or seventeen. I understand why they have minimum weights and stuff like that, but there are jockeys that that can do. Um, maybe like Miguel Vasquez, I, I think he could probably do one hundred and ten. <laughs> so, anyways, like I said, just kind of being curmudgeonly. Uh, the set W L McKnight. I ran in this race once. <clears throat> Yourself? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no uh, Mile and a half is a long way, bro. Yeah. Krista Carlo rode my horse. That's my guy. I think we were like eight wide throughout. But um, there used to be a Calder. This was a Calder race. I guess the La Praviante. I think the La Praviante originally <laughs> was a Hialeah. I believe so also. And then move to Calder, and then move to Gulf Street to look up that history. But I think you're right. Yeah, uh, this is a mile and a half on the turf, and it's nice to see turf races. And I think <coughs> the one complaint that people have—I mean, <coughs> I shouldn't say one because there's many—but the biggest <laughs> complaint people have about this year's winter meet at Gulf Stream Park is the decided lack of turf racing. Um, People like turf racing. People want to bet turf racing. I mean, and you look at these races and you see why. Um, you know, there's obviously issues with the course here, and uh, they've been babying it because they wanted to get through this day when they have all these stake races, including two Pegasus races on the turf, including the new Phillies and Mares Pegasus race on the turf. So there should be, you, you should see more turf races after pegasus day on the tur uh on the grass at, at goldstream i i noticed sunday they have um a couple really good maiden races in the condition book the 16 claimer on the turf which is always a full field always a competitive race uh and they've been racing those on a tapita there's some on the turf um 
or at least schedule for the turf coming up. So we, we should see some more turf racing here um, the next uh, the next few months. So with that said, uh, what do you think? I mean, what, what do you make of this race? I, I was I looked at it and again, it's not a particularly strong addition of this race. There's really more allowance in here than, you know, like than real stake horses, but like, wh where do you, where do you, I mean, where do you land? Well, I mean, just if, if uh, you were going to look at this race, just kind of perusing the PPs, the 10 almost looks like a standout. If that horse is able to get to the lead. But that being said, it's a tough post, first of all. And it kind of all depends on what King, King's Cause and possibly Media Blitz want to do. If they sit back and they, you know, kind of don't challenge or don't even put any kind of pressure on the 10, it might be, you know, Chalk City. But one horse I do know, like, you know, I haven't really made any concrete decisions yet but i do not like temple do not like okay that's a that's an x through temple yeah that horse is not going to be on any of my exotics tickets anything especially at that price i, I it, it just seems like that horse just doesn't want to win yeah just doesn't want to win and and was in a prime spot last year in this race and couldn't get by tide of the sea. Although tide of the sea did have a, a pretty good, um, you know, tactical advantage. I mean, it was lone speed and uh, ran like it. And I think this horse that's going to be on the lead on Saturday is probably a little bit better than tide of the sea. Uh, right. But, you know, case for temple, you could say, Hey, the horse has been running against pretty good horses. You got sacred life who never wins <laughs> beat this horse, you know, who's running later on in the, in the grade one uh, before the, the world cup Flavius beat this horse also. So this might be a little bit of class relief. And I think that's going to be a little bit deceiving. Um, people are going to be attracted to that, but I don't, I don't, I just, don't, I can't put this horse on top of anything. I, I don't want any part of temple. Okay, well, there you go. That's that's my first opinion on the card. I don't like Temple at all. Well, that's what that's that's why we do. That's <clears throat> yeah. what we want to hear. We want to hear strong opinions because everybody can just pick the favorite and say, "Oh, well, geez," but um, you know, even though you kind of did pick the favorite, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you threw out the like the second choice. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the one question with. Uh, Abaddon is is cutting back from the two mile race back to the mile and a half, which is, you know, a half mile cutback, which is something that like you just don't ever see. But um, and a horse I I want to like really badly is Sol Volante, but geez, hard. It's hard. It's hard. He gets the you know he he just gets paced <laughs> out of these races, and you know he he comes comes from so far behind. Having post twelve doesn't help either, and you would think in a in a mile and a half race it wouldn't be make as much difference, but 
you know, with a relatively short run in the first, there's three turns. He's going to just have to be last. Right. Up against it. Is he good enough to pass the whole field, you know, behind a, a relatively moderate pace? Because, I mean, Abaddon goes to the lead, but he doesn't run fast on the lead. I mean, he he's he's you know plotter basically. I mean, you you, you look at the his last three races, though that we have no times for, you know, for the mile race. I'm guessing that they were not fast, uh, but his his you know Aqueduct and his Belmont race before that in the marathon distance. I mean, we're talking about um, you know the, the race at Belmont. They went fifty two and two, one eighteen and two, and race the next race went fifty one one sixteen, and he had a clear lead. So. So it's not as though he's he's going to set fast pace. Um, well, that's that's why something really out of the box happens, and it's hard to bet on that happening. That's why I kind of put the asterisk next to Aban because you know those two other horses that I mentioned. I think it was the four um, Wild Blitz, Media Blitz, and the five. There's a there's a scenario where they can outquick the ten. And kind of dictate the pace. I don't, I don't know if the ten really wants to to get behind horses, and that that could be problematic. <laughs> yeah. So it's not it's not like you know the ten is just a mortal lock. I, I think the line on this race actually was very good. I, I think um, two to one is is a pretty good gauge. I, I don't think this horse is going to be below that. Right. But you know, what about Glen County? I mean, he's always he, he threw in a clunker in the second war last time, but um, I mean, before that, he, he's he's pretty consistent, and uh, you know, he ran in the UN in July, Mammoth, and he finished fifth, and he probably just wasn't good enough. Those those horses were better than these, um, but you know, his form seems to fit pretty well in here, and he comes from the uh, turf marathon juggernaut barn of Mike Maker, who just seems to have a unlimited supply of mile and a half turf horses yeah this is this is probably where you know this kind of group is right where glenn county fits but i i just don't appreciate uh his running style very much especially you know not being out since october it's a lot of things not to like all right we'll move on to the inside information <clears throat> By the way, inside information was better than Zenyatta and Rachel Alexander. If anyone wants to, yeah, I remember you were you were sparring on Twitter one day. You, you want you want to come at me on that? Go on, go right ahead. But Didn't you post the PPs? There's no Philly that ever lived, maybe ruffian, that would have beat her the day she won the Breeders' Cup at Belmont Park. No Philly ever could have beat her that day. Yeah, I, she I... destroyed not only a distaff field. But at this staff field full of really good you know, Hall of Fame quality horses, she destroyed them. And I think she would have beat Cigar that day, too. Noise. We'll never know. Anyway, she's got a grade two at Gulfstream Park where she was good, too. Well, she was good everywhere. When I was working for Jerkins, we beat her in a race at the, the Ballerina at Saratoga. But we only beat her because inside information came out of the gate so poorly she literally hit the top of her head on the ground. Oh. <laughs> and I have no clue how Mike Smith stayed on. Absolutely no clue. Um and we had a good horse in Classy Mirage who was a you know a legit grade one horse as well. 
Um, that actually, I think if if we could have kept her sound, would have won the Breeders' Cup sprint that year. That insider information won the distaff, but um, yeah. Anyways, there are no insider informations in this race. I think this race kind of boils down to it, it's ten horse field, which is nice to see in, in a Philly in a mare dirt sprint. I mean, we, we get a steady dose of fives, so yeah. seeing ten is nice. I think the race goes through. Uh, the first time Brad Coxworth, just one time, who's uh, racked up a pretty impressive record in Pennsylvania. You know, really? for the most part, crushing horses. Had one um, one race at, at Prescott where they theoretically went 43 and four to the half and in a speed duel, and she just got exhausted the last eighth of a mile. But, uh, I mean, what do you make of her? Yeah, it's a a tough read because, you know, it's like Penn National, Presque Isle versus Gulfstream Park, Belmont, Tampa. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough. It's a tough read, especially, you know, shipping in like this, too. That was the other thing that I didn't really particularly like. It's not like the horse has been hanging out at, at Gulfstream and training over this track and took an affinity to it. I mean, the workouts aren't really an indication of anything with this horse. Um, although there's, they're steady, which is a good thing. You know, the horse is probably in, in a good form, but I don't know what to make of those races at, at Penn national. I mean, they, they earned pretty big buyer numbers, but it's the old, who did she beat kind of thing. Um, I'm going to have to decide against just for that reason. If, if she blows the doors off him, so be it. But I'm glad actually funny enough that this race didn't fall in that early pick five. That would have hurt my feelings. Well, I think another, uh, the, the second most interesting horse in this race is probably the two horse huh. who, who's a first time Todd Pletcher. Um, that has bounced around, got claimed, couple times out in California. Um, Doug O'Neill wound up claiming the horse last winter at Santa Anita and, and did did well with her going through conditions. And in their last out, won the uh, Senator Ken Maddy at Del Mar going five ace on the turf. Um, so we have a horse that, that really has uh, zero dirt for him. I mean, the horses ran on the dirt once uh, and, and was you know, terrible. So <laughs> the horse shifts from the West coast to the East coast and goes from Doug O'Neill to Todd Pletcher. Um, Pletcher usually does good with uh first, you know, first time in the barn, but most of the time when Todd Pletcher gets him in the barn, they're good horses to start with. So it, you know, he's, he's not taking horses that have been finishing 12th somewhere else, most likely. Uh, but she appears like if she, if the, 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 the speed transfers from the turf to the dirt, the speed of the race, and that there's not a whole lot of, um, well, I, I guess maybe Dance Dioro, but but she hasn't even been sprinting. Um, I, I guess she's probably going to, you know, be one of the favorites. I mean, excuse me, not one of the favorites, one of the, the pace horses, especially with Harmarillo. But um, it, I guess it just comes down to, to, to like, you know, are, are you willing to believe, because, are you willing to believe in the Brad Cox, uh, Todd Pletcher move up? 
logic here because those horses are going to be probably overbet um, on their credentials, but they're going to be definitely bet because of their trainer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm going to put this out there and I know people that listen are probably going to laugh at me or laugh at the whole sentiment, but I try to stay away from any turf runners coming from out West to East under any circumstance. And when they transfer to the dirt. Yeah. I mean, this is just, and, and you know, this horse is going to take money and I just, can't do it I, I would let that horse beat me at a short price every yeah. time because there, there's no reason it just it, it makes no sense and those are the things that I kind of like um, when something happens and it makes no sense but not when you know the horse is probably going to be second choice here I would think right. or rival for for top spot or favored and I just can't do it um it's just a horse that I cannot endorse under any circumstances and, and, you know, has every right to win, but I just don't see it. I, I can't get behind it at all. The the horse that actually, that really caught my attention was the five, four graces. Um, I really thought that last race on January 6th was a perfect setup for this one. Just absolutely perfect setup. Um, if you watch the race at all, um, the horse just looked like she needed one. I mean, yeah. ran spots, uh, kind of picked up her feet really nicely finishing the race. And I don't think she wants to get six. I, I just, that's not her distance. Although she was favored that day, got beat by the 10, I believe. Right. And I just think, you know, Saturday's the day to turn the tables. I, I I think this horse is just ready for this test. Has four wins uh, at seven furlongs. I just think this one is in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at her her record last year, she was as a three year old. Um, she was, you know, considered one of the fastest horses in the Midwest. She she was the favorite over. Wisconsin uh, a couple times. Wisconsin, who's a good horse, of Greg Foley's, who who um, had a had, you know, couple really nice battles with uh, Bell's the One, Neil Pessons, nice filly, uh, both of which I'm sure had you know, wished they had shipped to the Reader's Cup because they probably would have run on too. <laughs> but um, you know, she did have a you know that was her first start back, and it was at a distance was probably a little too short for her. Seven A seemed like it was was the right distance and you know she might kind of might be the forgotten horse here uh, she might get overlooked a little bit because her, her her current form isn't isn't great but um i i really like i like you know where, what you're thinking there uh, my possible upsetter in this race was the three horse just because i, I think high mario might just put this horse on the lead and you have to obviously see how the track is playing tomorrow excuse me uh, on saturday but um I mean, she's the the fastest confirmed speed horse in the race, and that at Gulfstream Park is always dangerous. So, yeah, I mean, the the reason I, I kind of shied away from her, <clears throat> kind of inconsistent, and the the time, at least in September, that she won going a mile, it was just the easiest of leads you could ever want or get. Right. No, I mean, obviously she she's. 
uh, like you said, she is an inconsistent Philly. It's basically win or not or or not, <laughs> nothing. But um, but the Enigma horse for me is Pacific Gale. I'm gonna throw that one on uh, tickets too. Because I'm done. I'm done with Pacific Gale. Miraculously comes to Gulfstream and runs lights out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with her. I, I can't. I, I, I never guessed right with that Philly. You I'm know, good. I said, yeah. That's that's why I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna include her because it's gonna be a good price, and that's usually when she shows up. So, I, I'm willing to to forgive a little bit of her recent form, um, because she seems to like Gulfstream. I mean, her record isn't that spectacular. Oh, she has two wins at Gulfstream. But yeah, two rated stake wins. That's also forty percent of her lifetime wins. <laughs> Right. She only has five. She's a seven-year-old mare with five lifetime wins. So I'm not going to discount her, um, especially she's going to be a nice price once again. Yeah, yeah, she should be a decent price. So another race where, you know, we kind of made cases for like six horses. Yeah, um, that's what we, this, this is what we live for is, is horse players. The inaugural Pegasus World Cup Phillies and Mares Turf, which is uh, presented by Pepsi. Um, they gonna give out Pepsi's? I don't know. Yeah, for six bucks a glass. Oof. Uh, this is a mile and a sixteenth race. I don't know how. I don't know why mile and sixteenth was the distance, but that's the distance <laughs> they came up with. Uh, it's a Grade Three, and um, this is a pretty good race. I mean, it, it attracted a couple like legitimate Grade One horses. I mean, at least in. Well, at least at least one legitimate great horse and and uh in regal glory um, what do you what, what's your thoughts on this group it's like you said there there's there's a lot to like you can make cases for a lot of these horses despite regal glory's kind of gaudy speed figures and numbers um i don't i don't really think that horse is a is a mortal lock here um but here's another one where I know who I do not like, and that's the one Sweet Melania. You're, um, you're against Sweet Melania. I'm totally against that horse. Top figure last time out by nine points, nine buyer points. First up off of a layoff of two months, almost exactly, is just ripe for a bounce. Just a bounce candidate written all over this horse. And I will not... I will not do it. I've been in that trap before where the horse looks good. I mean, this horse on paper looks excellent. It's as good as anybody, but I don't like the new top off of the yeah. two-month layoff like that. And, and the if you go back and look, most of our other races, when she ran, you know, new tops, she didn't really – she kind of regressed. And I don't think she can regress here and still win. Right. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm with you. And I watched um, uh, the race for Wakanaka, the uh, thousand, the Italian one thousand guineas, and yeah. uh, she she did it pretty easy, and I, you know that's the horse that I'm probably gonna wrestle with for the next two days. Yeah, <laughs> Italian form is is tough to, uh, it's tough to gauge. I mean, the horses there aren't very good for the most. That's part. what I was thinking, but the horse did it so easy. Does 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 get an Italian jockey? Yeah, I bet I bet the food at San Siro is really good. I don't know, we need to find out. 
I guarantee you the food there is better than every other the racetrack food in this country. Well, I don't you, think, you I think let, the horses probably suck, but you know. You let our guy Ed DeRosa tell it. There's nothing better than a fifty cent corned beef sandwich at at Oakland. Well, fifty cents to anything that's <laughs> relatively edible for fifty cents has got to be a high on the list. Too shit. Um, Regal Glory. The one thing about her, and it's it's hard to knock her, is that she always shows up. Yeah, true. I mean, she always shows up, and um, you know the the two times she's shown her, th- she has three races on her her PPs that show her not being one, two, three. You know, one was the Queen Elizabeth, um, one is the ju- and, and the other two are the Just the Game. The Just the Game is is usually the best mile race uh, for fillies in in America every year on the turf it, it's it's always a big field of of really really good horses and um like if she runs a race she's going to be very tough to beat here yeah uh you know i you know this is this is why they play the games yeah um but uh one horse that there was two two horses that uh kind of made me look give a double take and one of them is bipartisanship. Yes, the eleven horse. Um, that horse is really on the improve. I mean, I'm not so enthusiastic about the eleven hole, especially in a in a mile in the sixteenth race. But, geez, if if they decide this race decides to kind of fall apart, I mean, you have to think this horse is going to come running. <laughs> Yeah. Um <clears throat> you know, kind of ran down Lady Spite Spear Spear last time, which was a kind of oddly run race in itself. But you see the the buyer figures have been steadily going up and and it seems like this horse can run better. Yeah. Just, the the yeah, other she's gonna, she's gonna have to get lucky because I mean yeah, I'm sure gonna, they'll I'm sure they'll tuck last. Yeah, know, she's gonna have first to turn. If something goes amiss and they just start flying up front, um, right. she'll and get. It, it doesn't look like you're going to get a you know a real rapid pace. I mean, Lady Lady Spice Spears is is most likely the the front runner with Sweet Melina probably not uh, too far behind. Yeah, and Regal Glory in that second. Regal Glory, right? And then Gift List was the other one that kind of piqued my interest i mean and not so much her body of work but that workout on january 14th where did that come from (laughs) i mean it's just i don't know it it just kind of piqued my interest and be like well maybe this horse is kind of running in the form kind of ran into a buzzsaw of con lima back in june Hasn't you know, been since, but the two other races here in the U.S. were pretty damn good. I mean, all three races were really good. Yes, but... I, I, the Appalachian she actually <laughs> ran, she ran great that day. Jou- Jouster was the the Pletcher horse that won the race. They they got a you know ludicrously soft lead. I mean, basically half and fifty. 
um, going a mile. So she came back and, and she just dominated in the Edgewood and, um, you know, ran well in the, in the wonder again, uh, and just, you know, got beat by Con Lima, your horse mm. uh, and Plum Alley. So she was keeping really good company and then went on the, you know, went, went on the, uh, on the shelf and like her form is early season, you know, three-year-old form. And it's pretty damn good compared to most everyone else outside of Regal Glory. And if you, you know, you consider that she should be better, um, here six months later, and her works certainly have shown at a long price. She's a horse that like would definitely be somebody that, that you could, you could feel pretty good about tossing in. And yes, yeah. I, I don't know if she's going to be good enough to be regal glory, but um, you know, at 15 to one or anything close to that, I, I like her to be able to beat everyone else. Yeah. I got to give her a chance here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good pickup. Um, The next race, the 10th race to Fred Hooper, which briefly was named uh, not the Fred Hooper. Um, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever happened, it's back to being the Fred Hooper. And this race, uh, like when you open the, the, the form, you know, the, the fearless kind of jumps off the page at you off of his last race where he finally (laughs) kind of put everything together and, and just dominated the, uh, the Harlan's holiday, um, which, uh, you know, it just looks like he's the controlling speed in here. Uh, the other horse is Pletcher's other horse. Liam um, is the other horse with, with speed. And uh, I, I guess speaker's corner has speed, but he's not probably quite as fast as, as those er- other two. Um, but it's, it's an interesting race. And, and I'm not even saying that I love fearless to win, but um, certainly that, that race was, uh, was a strong one. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this was probably the one race on the card um, that I thought would be chalky. The the three horses that they're going to bet are probably the three best horses in the race, for sure. And, right. um, you know, I, I, I just can't even put Dennis's moment on my radar. Although this is probably the best chance he has <laughs> to win in case something kind of weird happens because he's going to stalk or be fairly close. And if they kind of slow up late, he could pass horses. He's not out of the question, but I just don't like horses like that in general, because, you know, he's been so inconsistent and, and iffy every time he's been out since he, he exploded at, at Churchill. Um, and he gets bet every time, which is great. You know, whenever I see him in the past performances, because I want to bet against him every time. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't like him at all. Here, I, I thought, I thought the Mister Prospector stunk as a race. The horse who won it was slow, um, and I, any any horse coming out of the race gets a big X for me. Uh, I thought the interesting horse is Speaker's Corner, and you know when you when you look at the the two Pletcher horses, Liam and Fearless. Um, you know, Liam is probably going to be on the lead. I'm guessing fearless might let him cross over and try to, you know, take up a stalking position on him. Um, but I, you know, Saez wrote both of them and I'm guessing his choice was, uh, was to take fearless over Liam, but, uh, Liam is, is a, you know, he's a pretty fast horse and he's a horse that hadn't run in a long, long time. Yeah. 
Um, and again, it was another first time, you know, first time Pletcher. I don't think he beat much last time, but, um, you know, if speaker's corner is going to be really probably like what, where he's going to be positioned is kind of the, 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 the thing to me. And that if he can keep fearless pinned down in behind Liam, then he might get, get the jump on him. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about a two to one shot here. We're not talking about a long price, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, he, he, he's, it's a good race. I, I don't necessarily, I haven't quite figured out how to attack it from a wagering standpoint, but, um, but I, I can tell you that I, I follow along with your Dennis the moment to fade for sure. Yeah. I, I was, I'm almost close to fading Liam too. Um, I didn't like that race his comeback race. I, I thought he was okay. Um, wasn't really much there, but I don't know. I mean, he's a tough read. He's definitely a tough read. I, I'm, I'm right now, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, you know, in or out, I would say out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. That's, that's <clears> not <throat> a, I don't know that he's, he's, he's not a, I mean, he, he certainly isn't as credential as the one or the eight and, it's tough to really make much of him, of his form, because so much of it is, is from so long ago that um, outside of, like, being clearly a horse that wants to run on the lead, uh, I, I don't know that he's this quality. Like I said, the last race, he kind of, uh, he looked like he was, he looked like he was pretty comfortable, so. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, for. But this yes, is, but like I said, this is. He looked good for better. what he was running against. You know, right. uh, an optional 25, you're not going to get too much. And that's why it kind of surprised me he lands here, which is probably more of an endorsement to him than anything else, um, rather than, you know, a, a higher, you know, uh, level optional claimer or even a, yeah. an yeah, under. He's eligible for a second level allowance. For right. So, you know, that that's probably a, a, a more of an endorsement from the trainer than anything else. But. Again, it's it, he's a tough read here. He's definitely a tough read. I, I would look to the board for clues on that one if you if you can help it in a pick four, pick five situation. I don't know. He he's he's on the fence for me anyway, at least right now. Uh, I'm guessing the speaker's corner is using this as a a prep for Dubai. Um, he is owned by Godolphin, and I mean he does have. You know, my I know Miles D. That's the horse Chad Browns is looking at uh, the Saudi Cup or Dubai. So, you know, that's that's that is what it is. Uh, all right, number number eleven, right? Number eleven, the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, presented by Baccarat. I don't know if it's Baccarat the game, but it should be. That's uh, always too confusing for me to play. <laughs> it is a Grade One going to Malonath on the turf, Oof. and. It features last year's winner, Colonel Liam, who um, only ran three other times <laughs> after after winning the race last year, uh, just getting up to win it. And he, he went to New Orleans. He he polished off a field there. Then he had that uh, great race uh, in the Turf Classic at Churchill with, when he dead-heated with domestic spending. Um, then he came back at, on Belmont Day and threw in a clunker, didn't run at all. Uh, and went to the shelf ever since. Has been working lights out at Palm Beach Downs. Um, 
you know, in preparation for this, uh, Pletcher can certainly get a horse ready off of a layoff. Um, I mean, he's gotten this horse ready off of a layoff. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he, he's he's probably going to be the favorite, right? And and um, yeah, yeah, I would think so. I mean, what do you like? What are your what are your thoughts on on what kind of price you should be asking for here? Um, I I personally I I think if he was five to two that that'd be fair. Right. Um, because he he does have a little bit better resume than a lot of these others, um, and and these aren't killers in here, you know. Um, you got a horse like Cross Border who likes to finish in the money a lot, and he's an eight year old now, and you know he he ran up behind Colonel Liam last year for third behind Largent. Um, you got Channel Cat who's kind of getting long in the tooth as well field pass is another horse that you know knocks hard but it's like doesn't doesn't win the the ones uh sacred life is another perennial like runner-up type um so yeah i mean i think uh, there, there's a really interesting horse and i'm just gonna throw this out here in the two a tone at 20 to one um, I, I really liked his last race um, when he got beat by Doswell, who had kind of an easy lead. Um, this horse made up a, a good ground from the 11 hole, which I like um, going into this race. You know, with the with the two post, I think that's that's a better spot. Um and, you know, if you like Doswell, who's 10 to 1 here, who's probably going to get bet a little bit more because he's probably going to show speed. Um, well, he's definitely going to show speed. I, I think he's going to out quick Channel Cat. I don't think Channel Cat's going to be on the lead. So, you know, if you like Doswell, you kind of have to like atone a little bit here with the with the better post position. Space Traveler runs good numbers, but just doesn't even come close to winning. So I don't even know what to do with that horse. No, he he adds blinkers. He he just gets too far behind. Yeah, I mean his last race. I I, I remember I texted you. I'm like, how is this horse three to one? Yeah, right. And, and uh, <laughs> he just like you and, know, uh, it was funny. He just, he just gets too far behind, and the pace was, the pace seemed relatively. I mean, we don't get fractions a lot of times now at Goldstone. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't it, fast. It, it didn't it didn't seem like um like like Doswell was going that fast. And no. You know, the mile on an eighth time at one forty five and three just makes me, you know, I, I just uh Yeah. I'm I'm a little skeptical about the about that race, but the speed freaking battery race. I I mean what's what do you do with never surprise? I mean, he seems to be this year's Colonel Liam. He comes out of the Tropical Park Derby. He kind of uh is never run a bad race. He's first or second every single time. He's he is a, a confirmed speed horse and he's you know, has shown an ability to to run a little bit faster early than, than most everyone else here. And from post 12, I mean, Luis is like, he has to go, right? He has to send the lead. He's got to press the button. <laughs> right. I mean, what, what other choices he have here? Right. I, I mean, I think the horse can rate a little bit a stock kind of trip behind somebody that might back up to him because he did it uh, back in September, kind of, you know, January last year in the kitten's joy kind of came off the pace a little bit and got, thumped by uh chess dream 
Um, but geez, man, it, it, it that's a tough post to, to just gun to the lead against this caliber of a horse and, and still survive. Um, because Doc my question though, Barry, is is that like who inside of him? Well, I mean, they all know he's going right. Who inside of him has enough speed to prevent him from getting from clearing the field without compromising their own chances? Um, maybe Flavius, maybe. All right. Um, and then Doswell is going to sit, and he's got to get good position. I mean, the only time the horse has ever won on the page is when he had a lead. So I, I don't think they're going to sit back. Right. So, I mean, even if, you know, let's just say never surprised clears, those other horses are going to have to push him. You know, he's going to get pushed. It, it might not seem like they're going fast, but they're going to, I think they're going to go faster than what it looks like. Um, even if never surprised kind of gets to the lead. I like a horse in here that breaks your rule. Oh, don't tell me. No way. Not the five, dude. I like the five. Yeah, I can't do it. I like the rider change. Yeah, it's definitely positive rider switch, but man, I, I just can't do it. Those horses from out west are just soft. It's my. I like him. I like him in here. I think eight to one would be... And I think he's... You know what's funny is Mo Forza looked similar to this coming into the race. He, he came and just didn't run a step. Which, um, yeah. I mean, on paper, <laughs> like a logical, you know what I mean? Like on paper, yeah. but it's just those California turf horses are just, I don't know what it is. They get out of California and they just can't run at all. We'll see. Yeah. We will see. Um, I mean, it's a good race. It's really a good betting race in that there's a lot of horses that have a chance that are, you know, that are quality horses. Like you said, there's quite a few of those horses that kind of make a career out of being, you know, hanging around and, and every once in a while getting their, their head up and first. But, um, you know, the cross borders, channel cats, field passes, sacred lives. Uh, but those horses, you know, make these races interesting because it, it just creates a, a wider, um, you know, swaths of horses that potentially could be um, second, third, fourth in those races. I mean, that, that's this is the type of race where you know you you might get a a really crazy kind of superfecta because you get way better price on a horse who hits the board all the time than you normally would in a regular race. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's one of those ones where I don't think anybody would be surprised if any of these horses win right wouldn't be too much of a surprise i mean literally top to bottom any one of these horses could win you'd be like yeah that kind of makes sense no there's no manilas in here right um you know it's kind of like it's my turn and usually when i when i face races like this you know it's it's hard to predict but you want to you want to just kind of stay away from chalk in these kind of races they're too wide open because there's so many scenarios that you know if the 12 didn't you know if never surprise didn't draw the 12 it might be a little bit easier <laughs> for everyone but he drew the 12 so it it, it kind of totally changed the complexion of this race with him in it 
right. what he's going to do and try to dictate. So, you know, it, it definitely might be kind of a rider's race when it's all said and done. I mean, the one thing I, I like about Hitting Road is I always thought he was a horse that would do better on the East Coast than he would in the West Coast because he, you know, especially lately when he's getting in these short fields where he just can't sit and make a run, which is what I think he really is best at, sitting and making a run. And he's been kind of asked to try to keep up a little bit earlier because, you know, when you're in a four or five horse field, then you got to stay within, you know, shouting distance of your competitors. And, um, yeah, he has the ability to do that. He, you know, he's yeah. not going to be too far back. He's, he's, he's won more races with in big fields than he has in the smaller fields. And that may be simplistic kind of thinking, but, uh, who was the one last year that just didn't run a step either in this race? Uh, was it Twist of Fate, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he looked similar to this horse, like on paper. I think this horse is better than him, though. Probably better, yes. I, I think so, too. But, man, it's just it's just wild how they come east and especially Gulfstream and just do nothing. So... I'm hoping that trend continues. And it used to be the old. It used to be when Bobby Frankel would would do it. <laughs> they always won. Yeah, it was money in the bank. It was money. All right, let's go on to the big race. We only got a few more minutes to go. Uh, the Pacific, uh, the Pacific, the uh, <laughs> World Cup Invitational <laughs> race that we've been talking about for about two and a half months. Um, they scraped up seven horses to run against uh these two i said uh in the going in circles digest yesterday this is like snow white her uh her twin sister and the seven dwarfs and that's exactly what it is and uh if you have a horse in here i'm not insulting your horse but you have uh you know no shot um i mean listen it's it's both camps have this you know have publicly said that they are not taking back that they're not going to concede and they're going to go head and head, which I mean, I think is a great thing. I mean, this is fantastic. Like, you know, this is how your horse is fast. My horse is fast. Let's see who's, let's see who's, who's going to be there at the end. And I, I just can see a scenario where these horses are 10 lengths ahead of the other horses that they turn for home. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, I just don't think that the other horses are good enough to keep up. Um, so, you know, my question to you is, which one cracks? I think Nick's go cracks. I think, you know, I was looking at replays of Nick's go in the Met Mile and the Saudi Cup. And when that horse got headed, he didn't quit, but he didn't fight. And the caveat to that is those were one-turn races. And he notoriously hasn't run all that spectacular in one-turn races. There's even one at Keeneland in the allowance race. We're looking at Bikini's got the best of them. Um, but I just think that flat out, life is good is a faster horse. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, flat, flat, life is good has, um, you know, sprinters speed, like sprinters pace speed. Where Nick's go is is fast, and but he it out. Yeah. You know, he, he he did display that at Keeneland last year in the Breeders' Cup. But if you recall, the track was so ridiculously fast at Keeneland that year that that virtually all the times were were super fast. Um, but I, I I do agree that uh, that Nick's go um, 
I, I don't even know that he he the the life is good might not even be able to clear him going into that first turn. He might be able to. I, I don't know. If I mean, that happens, I think Nick's goes in trouble. Because you like in those races that I was telling you, I you know went back and looked at several times. As soon as he got headed, he didn't kick on. You know, what I mean, like he still ran kind of the same way, but in in the Met Mile, it was a mischievous Alex that got to him at the top of the stretch, and then the same thing happened in Saudi with Charlatan at the top of the stretch, and then Charlton just drew off. And almost one, you know, I mean, Mishra needed the whole length of the stretch to beat him. And then he faded to fourth. And that kind of piqued my interest also because I don't think there's a horse in here <laughs> that maybe third or fourth choice that can beat him. But I think somebody else could if they're close enough. And I don't think it's completely out of the question. And, and the horse that actually I think that might do that, there's two of them. There's title ready. And then the, the, the absolute craziest long shot of ever commandeer. Because I think there's upside there. Yeah. Commandeer, I mean, has come to hand for, uh, for Jimmy Toner. Um, I mean, his races are fine. It's just, he's going to have to be, 15 lengths better than he's ever been endorsed. Uh, like I said, I, I hated the Mr. Prospector. I don't like that race. Um, title ready to me. He, he just isn't very good. Uh, Sir Winston, I, you can throw a, you can draw a line through him. I'm no Sir Winston's for me. <laughs> um, his dirt races, you know, outside of the Belmont are, aren't exactly, uh, aren't exactly stellar and yeah. <laughs> that, that 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 belmont didn't turn out to be uh uh you know the test of champions it was yeah, kind of the test, it was kind of the test of of you know mediocre grade three horses he'd be tacitus i mean yeah, yes exactly everyone he's tacitus. uh stiletto to me uh chess chief literally only runs at the fairgrounds for whatever reason this is true and um to me stiletto boy and uh empty tomb are the ones I want behind. Empty Tomb's got uh, enough speed to stay uh, relatively close. Um, you know, I'm talking like five, six lengths close. And he's he's in really good form. Um, and yeah, you get Paco. So, you know, Paco... The, Paco the merry-go-round where Empty it's a, Tomb... It's a, it's a three, it's a, yeah, the, the second race, right? Right. Empty Tomb might might be leading the, the, the you know, they might have the... <laughs> Life is good, and, and Nick's go or, you know, five, six lengths ahead, and then there's the second race where Empty Tomb is leading, but uh, he gets Paco, and, you know, it's a $3 million race, so Paco will definitely cut people off at, <laughs> without even considering it. Um, and I think Stiletto Boy's a pretty good horse. I mean, he's all right. he, kept, he kept good company. He, he got better um, as the year went on. It, it's hard. It, you know, it didn't come through with wins, but, but he was racing against good horses. He uh he won the Iowa Derby, you know, kind of galloped and changed hands, um, and then they tried him on the turf, which I, I really have no idea why they tried him on the turf because the horse has got no turf pedigree at all, <laughs> and um, you know the La Jolla I just throw out. Then he ran he ran well against Medina Spirit, um, in Rock Your World, uh, who would be, you know, a close third choice in here, both of horses. 
Uh, then he ran second to Medina Spear, or uh, and yeah, in the uh, the uh, the awesome again beating Express Train, who again would be one of the 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 the, the you know third or fourth choices yeah. here. Yeah, uh, his Breeders' Cup, he wasn't a factor, but he he also you know didn't figure to be. Um, and then he you know he got drilled by Flightline, and you know Flightline if he wasn't here would be uh that would be the epic. That'd be the old duel, but um, I mean, I I think Stiletto Boy is going to be the third choice. I I would I would be shocked if he wasn't third choice. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know why what the love for Sir Winston is, other than he pointed to this race earlier than the other horses. I mean, uh, I don't see any of his his uh, classic this is being being very good. Classic winner, that's why. It's not a classic distance, so no. Um, so yeah, to me, Nick's uh, life is good and. Uh, I think he's a little faster, and uh, the Knicks go. And like you said, you 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 identified the fact that uh, you know Knicks go when he does crack, he cracks under pressure. Life is go really hasn't ever cracked. He got beat by Jackie's Warrior off of a layoff, but it's Jackie's nope. freaking Warrior sprinting. <laughs> yeah, you know? much either. He did clear Jackie's Warrior that day as well. So, um, you know, following C came back out of that race and and and, and drilled hand. The field, the, the, the field at Belmont. So, um, I mean, you're not gonna listen unless you just somehow get the two favorites off the board here, which, uh, I mean, would be a monumental upset of, of epic proportions. You you're probably not gonna get rich on this race, but um, but I agree. I, I like I like life is good, and um, you know, that's about all there is to it. It's go time. It's go time. <laughs> it's go time for you because I know you have to get to work. So, yeah, that way I can I can, you know, clear my schedule for uh, the Pegasus World Cup. <laughs> yes, sir. And we will be there. We don't know where we'll be. We'll be wandering around somewhere. Oh yeah. Uh, but if you guys, uh, if you're there and you see us, say hello. We'd love to love to talk to you and. Uh, you never know. You hang out with Barry and people do stupid things and you might get a video and you'd be on America's uh, home videos. Yeah, we can set up. Those things aren't always uh, spontaneous. Some of them are planned. Yeah. We, we can TikTok it out. Yep, yep. The the new, I just checked, the, the weather report is saying 65. What did I tell you? 65 is still pretty cold. It is. I mean, but it's it's tolerable. It's not too bad. I mean... No, it is it is tolerable. At, at Tampa, it was seventy. I had a hoodie on. Yeah, and I had shorts on. So sixty-five. I'm not wearing shorts, but it's not going to be ridiculous. Like if it was fifty-eight, I'd be mad. It might be a little windy though, and, yeah. and you know that that is something that you know you really kind of have to look at and monitor because. Uh, I mean, wind is a big factor in races, and, and it's not talked about very often at all. But um, it is a factor in, in that when you're running into a headwind, uh, or or vice versa, it, it can uh, change the dynamics of the race and the way the race is set up. And a lot of times, you'll think it's a it's a speed biased track or against speed biased you know track, but it might just be wind that uh, they're running into a wind down the backside, and the, the horses on the leader. Are running their their strong fractions, you know, uh, with with uh, 
with a handicap. So, I mean, if it does get windy, that that's something to, to keep an eye on. And, um, though, depending on where you are, you might not be able to get to the front because they, they, uh, they split the track up and you have to have passes and whatever. <laughs> Anyways, check us out and, uh, we'd love to, love to talk to you and, yeah, and yeah. You, can, you can you can criticize us and you can oh, talk. Yeah. You come to us and talk smack. We don't care. No, we're not we're not that type. We're not sensitive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'll be a good time and um, it's a good card. It really is a good card, and there's a lot of opportunities. It's not. I mean, we'll probably get like eleven chalks in a row, right? I hope, but, um, and that that'll really hurt. It me. looks like there's there's some some opportunities to, to to go really deep in some of these races and and uh, and come up with a horse who's the fifth or sixth choice who who will actually kind of fit. I mean, what else can you ask for, right? Yep, that's what we play. That's why we play. You know, this this early pick five is, is tough, man. That early pick five is killer. I mean. <clears throat> You could go seven deep in that first leg and, and still not, and still not be alive. Yeah. <laughs> still not be alive and, and, and actually kind of look at the race and say, you know, I, I could have thrown that one in there too. But, but uh, you know, like I said, we don't get those that often. So, and there is, there's actually, um, you know, local has got a couple decent races. I haven't seen the entire card, but uh, the Southwest <laughs> is a, is a super competitive race. Mm -hmm. And, uh, at Santa Anita, they have a derby prep that's uh, kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> disheartening maybe. But um, that's being generous. You know, the guy that freaked out yesterday at Bob Effer here, he he did he did team me up in a a, a Naira Rec League basketball game once, as he should have, according yeah. to you. Well, I think I said that <laughs> something about derogatory about his vision. Huh. Yeah, but listen. The the Naira Rec League games made like the Detroit Bad Boys look like saints. Everybody's fighting. I mean, there was like, you're talking about no 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 concussion, no foul. <laughs> Everybody's bleeding. <laughs> Those are some rough games, man. The Pinkertons, the Pinkertons. They they used to be. I think I uh, think they they. Watched the Jeff Ruland uh, oh, instructional boy. video on on how to break someone's ribs without even trying. High elbow. Yeah, I I don't know when that Baffert thing is going to get over. It's, it's Thursday afternoon. We're taping this. And oh, I thought I thought it'd be done today. It's kind of like stupid at this. Now point. Now it's getting dumb. Yeah, like some of the stuff they're nitpicking about. It's like, is this really necessary? Honestly, I don't understand why they're going through and talking about like the, the this drug and what it does. And stuff. this isn't about that. The positives are what they are. Right. It's not you know a positive, a positive, a positive. Right. Like you know, if you get a speeding ticket for going sixty-five and a sixty, well, yeah, it's not DUI, but it's still a speeding ticket. And it's almost like they're trying to to argue, um, you know, on, on on one side how how terrible it was and on the other side how it wasn't bad at all when the fact of the matter is all it means is that a positive is a positive is a positive and, and when you get six positives in 15 months like that should be naira's focus hey listen this is kind of an unprecedented thing we can't have it and the other guy should be saying you know hey, listen you know what we none of this even happened here and 
so I, I don't know why why this has gotten to be this marathon four, five, six day thing, but Yeah, well it sounds like somebody's lawyer is doing a good job. Well, yeah, I know what they're doing. They're doing a good job. Misdirection. It's just Well, they're do they're doing a good job of creating more billable hours. That's for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. I mean but, it's uh I mean, they, there there was even a ruling that said that this decision, whatever it's made, is is subject to judicial review. So it's not even really the final statement. So <laughs> I don't know, it, it's just gotten to be tedious. Um, uh, you know, so it's it's also tedious when one guy has three out of five and they're all owned by the same people. Yeah, that's not cool. It's like playing a video game on cheat code. <laughs> it's a good that's a good analogy. I'm gonna have to use that. Yeah. So anyways, well thank you for your uh your time and your selections and uh good luck. And I'll be seeing you uh Saturday. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Everyone for listening to our ranting and raving and um best of luck. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hey guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out 
there making some really cool apparel and other swag. Fantac. www.fan-tac.com. Check it out. They've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys. And they also are doing some going in circles swag. So if you want any uh, t-shirts or hats, hoodies, and cell phone covers, check it out. Fantac. F-A-N dash T-A-C-K.